Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. So this week, as ever, we are going to check in with our pals, Harry and Meghan, who are gearing up. We're getting close to the big wedding, obviously. Uh, We also will check in with our favorite pals on television, the Big Little Lies crew, uh, who began production on their second season last week. And I do not think it is a coincidence at all that Josh was out in Carmel last week for production. I feel like you actually have a role, and this is just all an elaborate, like, cover-up. The family vacation was just a cover-up, so we wouldn't know you were filming. My quote-unquote family vacation, I'm actually playing... uh, Reese's character's personal assistant on the show. I should spoil that now. Yeah, it was actually kind of amazing timing. And I feel whether I won't say whether or not I actually appear on the show. I'm just going to leave that as a alluring mystery. But I did, as we talked about last week, I was in Carmel when they were doing a casting session for to be an extra on the new season. So It turned out, given the schedule of my vacation and what I was doing that day, I feel like I'm letting everyone down by having to admit that I didn't actually get to go to the casting, which I feel like is something I'm never going to kind of um, (laughs) live down. But I did watch the news that night with my brother and we, I filmed the segment where the local news covered it. And now that I saw what it was like, it's a good thing we didn't even attempt it because the line was insane. The turnout for this audition was kind of wild. I guess it makes sense given what a phenomenon the show became. But there were people wa- winding around the block to try to make themselves available to be uh, extras. As you remember from last week, all they were were requiring from people was that they bring a headshot, a pen, and a good attitude. And I feel like you just couldn't find the good attitude in time. Yeah, exactly. I didn't get my headshot together. And I, I, get, I I'm in the same position I was in last week where I only had one of the three. But we did learn a lot from this two-minute segment, which I sent Julie. It was incredible, incredible video work. It was insane. Yeah, we'll it was post it on the Twitter account so you guys can watch. But you see thousands of people showing up. The casting director said they were looking for every kind of person from someone who could play a surfer to like a kid in the background of a museum. And Josh, I was blown away by the cross-section of like demographics who showed up for this casting call. So I was going to ask you what you make of this. I feel like that was almost a little tease that the casting director said they were looking for kids at a museum. So a museum must have to figure into this plot somehow in season two. Do you think it's a field trip and the chaperones get into like a heated fight? Yeah, like Laura Dern and Reese have it out under some like huge skeleton dinosaur exhibit or something. I would love that. Ugh. But yeah, the turnout was crazy. They interviewed a bunch of the people who uh, showed up to audition and there were some odd characters to say the least. Amazing. You guys have to watch this video when we post it. Yeah. There were a lot of like, I would say... 12 to 13 year old girls which i was surprised by a lot of young kids and they asked one girl how she felt and she said something like it was great they were so nice um so she seemed to have a great audition 
Um, she was and, like, I was ex- expecting them to be very judgmental. I wanted to say, girl, they're not going to do that to your face. Yeah. I felt like she thought she was going to be auditioning for, you know, the uh, community theater musical Reese directed in the, in the actual show. Like she acted like she was going to be like kind of put under the spotlight. I mean, I can't imagine it was that elaborate with how many people were there. But also there was this weird man who brought his famous dog and this dog is dyed purple. Oh, yes. I thought you were going to say the dog has died since this was recorded. Oh, no, no. Toshiba. Toshiba. And, and somehow he said that he felt that bringing this dog was going to be like his good luck charm and get him in as an extra. And I was thinking to myself, there is no way um, Nicole Kidman is getting within a mile of that dog good luck it was one of those kind of rat face dogs with really long hair yeah honestly there was just this whole and there was some great footage of i think you called this out as one of the best moments too they found this kind of really sweet looking earnest middle-aged man and he was holding his headshot which was his almost exact i mean it just was such a facsimile obviously of his face but it just was such a cute little image of him holding up his headshot not at all a professional headshot. He looked to be recently retired, like one of our dads, maybe. He had on like a windbreaker and like a plaid scarf and like little glasses. And he was just so excited to be there. I really hope he gets cast. I hope they write a recurring role for him. I was disappointed the local news segment must not have gotten his name because they do not identify him. I was ready to call him out and like demand, begin some sort of Twitter campaign. But I hope they make him like maybe Meryl Streep, who plays Perry's father, needs like a love interest. Like I, oh, I'm you're, ready. You're ready to take him out of the extra pool and into the speaking role sort of. Right, I, right. I'm down too. He had a good energy. I agree. I feel like Meryl and him could have some real good chemistry. It was really funny because this video Josh sent me, you'll be able to hear, I imagine Josh and his brother kind of laughing at like all the same moments I laughed. Uh, And also the other favorite thing is uh, the newscaster, the local news anchor who introduces the segment. When it's done, they cut back to him and he goes, that's a really cute dog or something like that about the little purple dog. And it was just such a funny to me, one of those Not things at all. where they have to script these kind of cutesy lines for the anchors after the segments that are so ridiculous. Um, but okay, so because, but I didn't, I know we're going to get into the actual filming of season two and all their social media antics in a second. But while I did not make it to the casting, I did do something related to the show. You did some amazing reconnaissance. Yeah, I, I felt badly that I wasn't making it. So <clears throat> I had my brother drive my mom and me. It was probably like half an hour outside of our way. I made my uh, brother drive my mother and me probably a half hour outside uh, of where we would be going to visit the house where Nicole Kidman's character lives in the show, we found this great, or I, we, I'm acting as if this was a group effort. This is me basically being a dictator and making my family kowtow to my demands. But I found this guy's blog where he breaks down every major location in season one of Big Little Lies. And he tracks down, I guess, using, I don't know how, what, what he did, uh, but he was able to find the street address for all these different locations. And there was only one of them that was in Carmel, which was actually two, sorry, the, 
the beach that I guess they filmed some of the opening credit sequence uh, at. So we, we went to that beach. I haven't seen photos of this beach. I'm deploying carefully, Julie. I'm going to, I was, <laughs> I needed to give you a special sneak uh, surprise. Yeah, the beach you will see, um, that, that will be posted. And then also the Nicole Kidman house. So this was where Celeste and Perry lived. It's the outside exterior and then the basement. They actually used a different, uh, I have to give, you know, the full disclosure. They used a different, I guess, set for the actual scenes that took place inside the house. So no actual, like, abusive behavior took place. I know, that's actually so true. But the outside and exterior are the same. So we found it. I was expecting, you know, hordes of hundreds of people, like a Disneyland style, taking their Flowers, selfies and photos. Exactly. Right, tributes outside to the, the gate. Know, all sorts <laughs> of stuff. I guess there is a dark energy because it's where the Perry, uh, you know, the very dark, intense Perry-Nicole scenes happened. But... We got there and there was, you know, my brother the whole way was like, Josh and my mom were saying the same thing. They were like, Josh, we hope you're mentally prepared that you're probably not going to be able to get up right up next to the house. So there's definitely probably a gate. Like they were like preparing me as if, you know, you're bringing like a four-year-old to Disneyland and you have to tell him that like it's not real or something. Like I was getting really hyperactive, excited in the car and I was looking up photos of the house on Google Images to make sure we were going to find the right place. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do there, but I was kind of, you know, I was getting really worked up. Then we kind of go up this winding, we're in this kind of very chic, fancy, uh, posh part of Carmel called, I think, Carmel Highlands. That's where the house is located. And I find it on our way there, look, doing my research, that it's now a vacation rental. So, Julie, we are definitely taking our next vacation at the Nicole Kidman Perry house. We are absolutely. Is it an Airbnb or no? It's through some other site and they don't disclose the price. I'm sure it's astronomically high, but they give you all the features of the house and they really use Big Little Lies as a selling point. They're like ads featured on Big Little Lies, like this vacation rental. As they should. Yeah, it's like four bedrooms, three baths. And it's like this insane view of the water. I think the scenes where she's looking out at the water must have been filmed there. Um, from the house. So it's kind of an insane house, but I think it's worth whatever they're asking for to get to live in the um, Celeste Perry house. Oh my gosh, we need to fire up that in the limelight corporate credit card Mm -hmm. and book that Get a GoFundMe going. I'm sure you guys will all aid us in our efforts to use your money to go there. So, So we get there, there's a gate unfortunately, obviously. But immediately I was transported to back to, like, you You were there. And immediately, like, we didn't even have to check the street address. I saw that house as we were driving up and knew that was their house. I hop out of the car. We take so many photos. I am living for this play-by-play. I made my brother do a full photo shoot, which was like, why? But I get in there and I was kind of right up next to the gate. I was trying to do different poses. I was trying to channel Celeste slash Nicole. What were you wearing? Did you wear big look? I actually was sort of dressed semi-appropriately. I was wearing a goop sweatshirt. Oh, perfect. I feel like that's close enough. I feel like Celeste owns a goop sweatshirt probably slash, you know, Gwyneth wants to do a cameo. So it's sort of a tribute to her as well. Right. I didn't even think about that, but that was sort of an apt thing to be wearing. I like how Julie doesn't even question that I own a Goop sweatshirt. That's just like taken for granted in this whole thing. Given. So we take the photos. Uh, we kind of went, we drove a little bit past the house to get like a kind of view of what you kind of look out at from the back of the house, which I took some photos of. And it's this insane view to kind of down this ravine. 
Um, and I guess yeah. you kind of look right into the water. And I guess I was thinking that this house probably won't be seen on season two because she moved out into that apartment, right? Unless she somehow goes back. Oh, right. I forgot about that escape apartment. Right. But now that Perry's dead. Like, but then she might no go th- back with her kids into the old house or maybe she'll right. want a fresh start. Maybe Meryl will come live yeah. in that. Forget mm-hmm. that two bedroom. <laughs> exactly. So... I felt like a pilgrimage to a religious sort of monument. Sacred, right. That I felt very, it lived up to all expectations, honestly, and was perhaps more meaningful than even having waited through to audition to be an extra. So I felt okay about my Big Little Eyes experience. Were, did you see any people, were people staying at the house? Did you see any neighbors? Oh yeah, so I was trying to look into windows. It's a kind of, you're not, you can't get very close there was nothing I could see and there didn't look to be any activity, but I, and also I sort of feel like if someone had been staying in the house, they would have called the police because I was basically crawling up the gate for all intents and purposes. Like I was taking photos, craning through the gaps in the gate. So I feel like anyone, if actually, if anyone actually been there, I'm pretty sure they would have had me thrown off the property. Do you feel changed having been there and been on the beach? You know, I did feel pretty serene. I think I felt the whole, I mean, just being out of the, you know, routine of New York City felt, I think, I, it's hard to know what was just being in a different place on vacation versus the big little lies, Nicole Kidman properties, but I felt her spirit. It's, you know, also kind of a reflection on the darkness, though, because obviously Perry was horrible in that house. So I feel like there's like a lot of conflicting emotions. It's very powerful. Oh, my gosh. What would we do on that deck overlooking the ocean? I don't know, but we are getting that rental. Maybe the maybe the price will go down in like a year and then we'll go. What were your mom and brother's kind of takeaways? I think my mom stayed in the car. <laughs> no, no, she got she got out. She 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 was not as you know. They were they're both very big Big Little Eyes fans as well. They weren't nearly as uh, perhaps lunatic about it as I was. But it was timed very well because the show started filming last week as well. Right. I am sure we everyone most of our listeners probably saw this, but. I was extremely excited, and I know Julie was too, about Reese Witherspoon and Laura Dern sharing behind-the-scenes pictures from the return to, I think, the first day of filming it was. It must have been the first day. They were in full character and costume, and they shared the same photo on their Instagram feeds. It was it was the proof of life, Big Little Lies life I needed. Yeah, I felt like this scene looks great. I love their kind of full glam get-ups. Right. They're outside the coffee shop, kind of sitting. Yes. I was a little disappointed that there were no photos of Nicole or Meryl yet, but I guess we have a lot of time for that. I feel like Nicole has really upped her. Her Instagram has kind of, it's been amazing since it launched, but she's posting a lot. And I feel like we're going to get some good behind the scenes stuff from her once she starts filming. I hope so. Though maybe it's too spoilery. I feel like I almost don't want to know... On one, on one hand, this is my, I guess, the larger concern I have with season two in general. I feel like season one, we all, it almost premiered before anyone really had much hype about, you know, it just kind of came and we were all like, what is this amazing phenomenon that's going to change our lives? Whereas now there's going to be so much build up with the Instagrams and everything that I don't want to get too overexcited, which I know is already past the point of that being possible. But you know what I mean? 
But I would take like even after they finish for the day and they're just in their normal clothes, like yes. having wine, like that's the content. That's I the want. content I want too. I want more of the like BTS, just sort of hanging on set moments, and I don't want any spoilers. Right. I also love that Shailene Woodley. Everybody was looking out for that photo of her back in character, but she posted a photo of her just with a very simple caption: "Jane's back." She's just wearing a T-shirt. I really want people to, like, reach out to her. I feel like nobody's including her. Then she posted, did you I see this like, other photo? I feel like when, I feel like you know when um, you're looking at your Instagram and you see on your Instagram stories that maybe four of your friends are all hanging out at some bar and you weren't invited. I feel like her life is, on Big Little Lies, is like that. It's like, it always seems like everyone else is constantly taking selfies and hanging out and doing whatever on set. I guess there's an age difference, but it definitely doesn't feel like she's grabbing the, you know, Pino with them at the end of the day. Right. And maybe Devil's Advocate, this is just character preparation. She plays a bit of a loner on the show, so she's just very much getting into that True, true. Mental it could space. just be all the Jane. Well, also, um, Zoe Kravitz posted Bonnie's return. Right, but she didn't look like she was in character because she was wearing this like fur coat. I don't know if I can see Bonnie wearing fur. God, I'm so excited. And then wait, you also posted this Shailene Instagram and it's her bowling? It's her bowling. I just, I really want, to, <laughs> want her to be included. I feel like Julie's about to send like a SOS text to Shailene. I feel like you guys should hang. We really, really, really should. But I was excited to see Reese, I guess, was on uh, Seth Meyers' show last week, and she gave a little bit more information about her reaction to Meryl Streep joining the show. Josh, I, re- I really want you to read this, okay. this monologue. And this, is, this is new to me, so I'm, I'm reading sight reading or whatever it's called. So pretend I'm Reese Witherspoon, who, by the way, it's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Happy Reese. Happy birthday, Reese. Very appropriate that we're talking about her. Well, Meryl sent an email to Nicole and I, and it said, okay, I read the part and I love it. And I'm going to do it. And I like dropped the phone, like mic drop, but I phone dropped. And then I called Nicole and I was like, is this real life? Is this really happening? And then I got off the phone with Nicole and I like hugged myself gently for a minute and said, this is really happening. You're really working with Meryl Streep. I feel like that wasn't uh, as recent as I could have been, but I, I gave it a shot. No, I think that was really good. I, I'm just so curious about how Meryl's going to interact with everyone and what the plot lines are going to be. Because I, I want Meryl and Reese to have... I feel like Meryl and Nicole obviously will have a lot of screen time together, but I want Reese to get in on that. Oh, me too. Me too. Gosh, I know. What, what will the scene be where... Reese, Meryl, and Nicole face off. Oh, I just got chills thinking about Meryl's entrance and we see what her character is going to look like and what the whole vibe is going to be. It's gonna what be... do you think she's going to look like? I don't know. It could go in any direction. I could see it going in a Miranda Priestly kind of um, cold, chic direction. And I could also see it going super hippie, flowery dress. You know, I feel like it could go either way. Well, that is so exciting. We're going to be tracking carefully, and I know all of you will as well. All right, so let's focus on our other pals, which I can't believe we didn't lead with this, but the TIG was mentioned on the official Kensington Palace social media accounts and in their press materials, which I feel... I feel like Megan hacked. 
a lot of you guys alerted us to this and I feel as though Julie and I somehow were responsible for it. I don't really know how we were, but I, I'm going to take credit in the limelight is going to take credit for the TIG getting a shout out by the palace. How crazy. I feel like we can't really overdo it. But to explain why that was, they've been announcing with a steady clip now as it's getting closer every day, pretty much there's some sort of new wedding related big announcement. So earlier this week, they announced who was going to be making the royal wedding cake. And I guess Harry and Meghan chose this pastry chef, Claire Tack, P-T-A-K. Well, if you, if you let us know, if, yeah, we'll, 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 take, we'll go with that for now. She owns this London bakery called Violet Bakery. So they asked her to make, and Julie, we're obviously going to have to like recreate this recipe somehow, a lemon elderflower cake, which will incorporate the bright flavors of spring. Julie is making a skeptical expression, my favorite Julie expression. <laughs> well, you know, Harry's never even heard yeah. the word elderflower. We're skipping ahead, but one of my questions for Julie about this is, what cakes did Harry have to reject that Megan was proposing before this <laughs> one was settled on? Because you know, if this is the one they settled on, she had some wild, wild organic cake situations that she was proposing before they landed on lemon elderflower. Elderflower. Such a good point. Sorry, I'm not going to jump ahead. Anymore. It will be covered with buttercream and decorated. And is this maybe I don't know enough about current wedding cake uh, decorum, but it'll be decorated with fresh flowers, like real flowers. And then they take the flowers off, I guess. Is that not weird to you? It's funny. It's like Josh and I have never been to a wedding. <laughs> I can't tell you if that's like real, a normal thing either. I mean, you can't. I was confused because I thought that meant um frosting <laughs> flowers but right. no they mean real flowers anyway to continue god who knew it was going to take me this long to get through this <laughs> explanation of the wedding cake california raised miss patak formerly worked as a pastry chef under alice waters at the very famous chez panisse in berkeley and then she moved to london she's worked at a bunch of other places and she opened this violet bakery in 2010 with a focus on high quality seasonal and organic ingredients in her cakes so we know megan loves that then, then this is in the official statement from the palace. Miss Markle had previously interviewed Miss Patak for her former lifestyle website, thetig.com, where she celebrated food and travel and featured interviews with friends and role models what? to discuss philanthropy and community. The TIG has never been written about in more flattering light. Um, can we I feel like Megan hacked into some system and threw in this. Like she's hoping to like raise awareness about the TIG. Like well, I, it's funny you should say that because resurgence. I had the thought like this is amazing publicity for the TIG to be in this official statement. So I, I mean, I knew the TIG had been shut down, of course, but when I Google, I just wanted to go back and check because you can't find this interview on the TIG. There's no longer any way to get to individual pages or articles. Megan should get that back up there and get those page views up. It is bizarre because it's it's so it's so worded as if they're marketing this. Yes, site. it's worded like a pitch that we get from a publicist on a an hourly basis for one of their new websites or products. Like you would think that this would be driving traffic to it, but it's a defunct website. This is just crazy. Yeah, I'm really, uh, you oh know. Oh my gosh! Wait, you have to read the statement from Claire. <laughs> wait, do you want to read it? I can't tell you how delighted I am to be chosen to make Prince Harry and Ms. Markle's wedding cake, knowing that they really share the same values as I do about food, provenance, sustainability, seasonality, and most importantly, flavor makes this the most exciting event to be a part of. 
you know Harry, if you said the words food provenance to Harry, he has no idea what you're talking about. And I also love Josh's list of questions below this on the script. They're written in all caps with about 18 question marks and exclamation marks after. Who knew I ever had this many feelings about cake? Here are his questions. Julie, there are real fresh flowers on this cake and it's lemon elderflower flavored. Are people going to eat this? All amazing questions. Like, do you think Harry even went to the wedding cake tasting? You took the words right out of my mouth. I think that Megan just took charge of the cake. Like, they, If they split up some sort of list about wedding, you know, I guess brides and grooms do that. I think she just took all food, beverage, pastry-related matters into her hands. Right. Because I'm thinking, like, Harry just seems more like a chocolate guy to me. Yeah, Harry probably wants a, you know, a car, you know, out of the box, the Entenmann's, like, cinnamon roll. Like, I don't think he's worrying about the lemon elderflower. I mean, I kind of love how Megan this is, and it makes me have hopes that she's going to come out in, like, a flower crown for the wedding. Like, I feel right. like maybe this is going to go full tig, you know? If, if this is the cake... Uh, God knows what we're going to see in the rest of the wedding. And I feel like My, it's going to be even more whimsical, ethereal Megan Woodsland than it, I even thought. My only other interpretation of the statement from the palace is like the palace knows how insane it sounds that they picked some cake and like bakery that is so hippy dippy. So they feel like they need to like establish. They're like, the hey guys, story. it's from the TIG. We have nothing to do with, <laughs> do with it. Yeah, this is all Megan. She was into this before us. She has a history with this baker. Right? Who knew that the TIG interview that this woman did was going to lead to her baking for the royal wedding? I know. If anyone has ever eaten here or knows what elderflower tastes like or yeah we're gonna do when the next time we're together which hopefully will be very soon i did see someone posted like a i don't know if it's the exact same recipe but it's like a makeshift recipe so we'll have to give it a shot because i think we need to try it for ourselves and we'll <laughs> we'll dig up fresh flowers from the dirt outside the world trade center here <laughs> and just give it a whirl because you need those fresh flowers on top okay also the invitations were sent out today Poor Bogart is waiting by the mailbox. <laughs> I also his. have a lot of things to... I mean, there's just so much to go through with this wedding. So, I mean, so invitations to the wedding of Prince Harry. Oh, also today I got an invite to the New York unveiling of her Madame Tussauds wax figure that they're doing of Megan. Which, and, what outfit are they going to pick for that? And they're putting one, Julie, they put the, they're putting one in London and one in New York, two different wax figures. So I'm curious if it's going to be like the same outfit or not. But... They also are. I hope they replicate the messy bun ripped jeans. I was just in gonna say messy bun and crossbody purse. Crossbody purse. I want them to do the full Megan regalia. But they put. I, and I was wondering if they got approval from the palace for this. They Madame Tussauds put up the proclamation about the un, like arrival of this coming uh, outside the palace on like a parchment. I was like, did they? Ha like, I don't think anyone can just put something in front of the palace like that. I feel like Megan has some dark ops publicity team that the palace does not even know about, and they're just booking all of these insane things. They somehow got this TIG shout out in the statement. When I when that opens, though, you know I'm going to get a selfie with the Megan Wax figure. Um, <laughs> so basically, the invitations went out today, 
And I guess about 600 people were invited. to the wedding. Yeah, sorry. Not to the wax figure unveiling, though I'm inviting as many people to that. So the, the invitations are issued in the name of His Royal Highness, the Prince of Wales, Prince Charles. Around 600 people have been invited to the service. Uh, and 600 people are invited to the lunchtime reception, which is being thrown by the queen. But here's where it gets interesting. Later that evening, around 200 guests are invited to the private reception at Frogmore House. So it's an interesting little dichotomy there because right. six, 600 get the invite to the actual ceremony, but only 200 get to go to the actually fun party that night. Um, and Julie, I'm wondering, how would you feel if you're in that group of 400 who get the invite to the morning, but not the evening? I'd be angry and insulted, right? Wouldn't you be? I think it's a little, it's a little unusual, no? I mean, I guess it sort of reminds me of when you're, you know, you have to do immediate texting when you get an invite to something right. on paperless post to see if someone got it. But now there's like three layers of that because not only do you have to kind of feel out if you're if you're like in british high society now in this thought experiment not only do you have to feel out if your friends also got invited to the wedding you also have to do the double check of like who got the invite to dinner who the, the party at night and who didn't right i feel like there's probably a lot of social awkwardness going on today for people trying to like ascertain who was invited that's crazy you know maybe you can sneak into the evening i guess not probably not i would play it off as saying like oh i already had a dinner schedule yeah. that night i just can't make it i feel like someone did something like that for pippa's i'm trying to remember oh it was some uncle like a black sheep Aww. uncle in the Middleton family didn't get the invite to the party and Instagram from like his own dinner with his daughter or something. Oh, um, that's so sad. Now we know Megan is famous for her calligraphy skills. Famous. Ha- she did the invitations for Paula Patton and Robin Thicke's wedding, unless we forget. She Do said you- that one of her secrets is she puts like a sock, a tube sock on her wrist so that she doesn't get any sort of stain on the invitation. How much do you think she had to be like <laughs> restrained from doing the calligraphy herself? I mean, you. I feel like she should have been able to do it herself, though, honestly. I think that would have been kind of appropriate. I would have loved that. The, the palace, like, it, the press release writes itself, literally, in calligraphy, like... I mean, when you're when you have this skill, as she clearly does, I kind of feel like it's bizarre that they didn't let her. And I feel like they made a point in the press release of pointing out who did produce the invitations. Right. As if to say, not by Megan. I have to say, I was surprised by the formality of these invitations of the style of them. It's not very Megan. Like I was I was expecting some sort of crazy paper that was like hand dyed with flecks of flowers inside. Do you think um while she was busy with the cake situation, Harry snuck the invites by. Right. I think he just snuck the invites. They're also not very... I mean, they look nice, but... And I know they're... I can't believe I'm about to like somehow diss the royal wedding invites. But, like, I don't know. I think I was expecting a little more pomp and circumstance here. Though. Maybe they come in this amazing box... With, like, a butterfly that flies Yeah, out exactly. It. I mean, maybe there's more to it. Because the actual invites look, you know, they look nice. It's very traditional. Uh, yeah, very traditional. Gold kind of printing on the text. 
have to get going on our counterfeit invites so that we can crash. Oh my gosh, I know. Easily counterfeitable, I would say. Is that they a really, word? And, I mean, they really give you an up-close view to, in order to p- properly replicate. Yes, as soon as Josh and I finished making that lemon elderberry cake, we were going to get to work trying to replicate oh, these, these. What do you think Harry's in charge of? What did she put Harry in charge of while planning the wedding? You know that Harry has seen some cool ideas at receptions that he wants to integrate. I sort of feel like Megan would let him do the music and the like kind of figuring out the DJ slash performer. For some reason, I see that being a very, because Harry seemed, you know, he's like into music. I feel like Megan, you know, probably is like, all right, he can have his fun with that. And like the bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he that. Figure that's out true. what's at the bar. Right. Do you think like royal weddings at receptions, they give you any like free things? Like, have you ever been at a wedding where they give you like little flip flops? Yeah, like giveaways, sure. You, you mean like, what do you think it'll be at this wedding? Yeah. Oh God. And I'm curious what the little takeaway souvenir will be for everybody at the end of the night. I mean, suits DVDs maybe. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, I'm shocked at how I continue to get more and more excited with each new detail. I'm now really excited to see the whole cake interaction. I feel like each new detail opens up five new questions about whatever what's going to actually go down at the wedding. Exactly. I know. It's never ending. And now we're about two months out, a little less than two months out. Yeah, I know. It's really crazy. All right. Well, let us know what you think. If you've ever tried lemon elderflower cake, we want to know... If you have any insight into the invitations or Big Little Lies second season filming. Yeah, what you want to see on the season. If you uh, were there at the casting session, please let us know. Oh, yeah. If you know anyone who was there, if you were at the session, if you know anything about this purple dog that may share screen time with Reese Witherspoon, and we will post that video for you guys to see. And also my beach photos, which I know everyone is desperately waiting for. I cannot wait. I know. I, I was um I was I was transformed. I don't know if you can you can tell via the sound of my voice. All right. Well, that does it for this week's episode of In Limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to check us out on iTunes and rate, review, etc. We really appreciate it. Also, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight. You can follow us individually as well. I'm at Julie W Miller, and I'm at J Duboff. And we also have an Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by Danielle Roth. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, no, no bad, bad energy. energy. Woo.